Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. You are God's, little G. You are God's because you came from God. When I read in the Bible where he says, I am, I just smile and say, yes, I am too. Why do people have such a fit about God calling his man little gods? God came from heaven, became a man, made man into little gods. We have the potential and the capacity through a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to know God, but that does not mean we are God. The Bible is very clear. There is only one God, and he will not share his glory with another. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's go back to the future. This is Wretched Radio. To know the future, you've got to go back. Any excuse to play Huey Lewis, this is Wretched Radio Eschatology. Some people are infatuated with it. Others, not so much. It doesn't seem to hold much, much interest because it's complicated. It's difficult to figure out the correct eschatological position. Why? Because you see it spoken about in the Old Testament, Daniel and Ezekiel. You see it in the New Testament. And then you see it in the book of Revelation with language that seems so mysterious. How do we figure this out in an effort to help you navigate the eschatological waters that can be a little bit choppy? Let's go back to the future. This was from the Cripplegate. Let's start out with defining what eschatology is. It means the end. So it's the study of the end. How are things going to go down? Recognizing that there are some challenges to this study. So none of us, even if you hold the wrong position like post-mill or amillennialism, we still have to be willing to say, okay, all right, I'm willing to listen to your perspective because you got good people On all sides of this issue, you really do. And it's not something that should cause separation. It can cause a little bit of challenge in the life of a church. Because if you're believing that it is our job to make things better before the return of Jesus Christ, that's going to be different than the position that says, no, actually, things are going to get worse. And we're just called to be faithful and build the kingdom of Jesus Christ, a.k.a. the church. It could be difficult to get along in applying eschatology, but it shouldn't be a cause for division. The Jews of Jesus' day, this is Cripplegate, had no idea that there were two comings of Christ. No wonder they were so confused about his lack of political ambition to conquer the Romans. But when Christ ascended, we understood that prophecies about humility and suffering fulfilled in the first coming All of the prophecies of conquest and reigning are still to be fulfilled in the second coming. So you got yourself a now, not yet. And we've got to figure this out by understanding symbolism. And that sure can open up a can of speculation, can it? Cripplegate, we teach the doctrine of imminency. But the problem that he's coming, he's coming quickly. Get ready, be ready, be living on the alert. But the problem with this doctrine is that it doesn't mean soon, but rather any time now. So just because Christ can return at any moment doesn't mean that he's coming back this moment. Another danger, and we can fall into this one, trying to make sense of Daniel, Revelation, just kind of 
I'm just going to become a pan-millennialist. It'll all pan out, and I don't really care. It doesn't affect me. Well, it, it really does. Why should you study end things, promise of blessing, and encouragement? You can have peace in troubled times. Very practically, Peter says, now that you know that the end will come, how are you going to live What are you doing about personal holiness, about evangelism? God isn't messing around. Take it seriously. He wants every generation to read about his coming and be serious about spiritual things. The end is near. So with that, let us begin with some definitions, shall we? Eschatology, study of end things. Millennium. It's a thousand-year period. Jesus reigning over the earth. Now, This is going to get a little tricky, and I might suggest, incidentally, that um, you perhaps have a new encouragement to get this figured out sooner than later. If my inklings, don't, 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 don't ask me what an inkling feels like, but if my inklings are correct, you and I are going to be forced to deal with eschatology, kingdom theology, what our role is here as the world grows darker and darker this we're going to we're going to have to get this figured out and you you really should spend a little gray matter energy trying to get your hands around it cuz it will have an effect the millennium thousand year period where the the nation of israel is restored And this is big. The fulfillment of the promises and prophecies given to Israel in the Old Testament that that they actually get fulfilled. Satan bound. The earth is inhabited by both resurrected believers as well as people who were born during the kingdom. It's in Isaiah, many places detailed in Ezekiel, Zechariah and Revelation. We I think for me, the issue ultimately in trying to figure out, all right, which position is this? And, and we'll define what amillennial and postmillennial and premillennial is. The, the key to it is hermeneutics. How do I handle the Bible? I was just reading a review. Might have been in Cripplegate, actually. Been spending some time there lately. They were talking about a, crystal, a Christological hermeneutic. And this is a hermeneutic that was used Early on, the believers that saw Jesus or that knew an apostle, they were very Christocentric in, well, everything, because it was well, it was about Christ, Christ, Christ. Well, as time has a tendency to do, people will take that idea and they'll expand on it. And it became the hermeneutical principle for centuries that the Bible is allegorical, that we see pictures of Jesus In every verse, note, not just in every book of the Old Testament, which I think is biblical, Luke 24, that Jesus is revealed in every book of the Bible, but he's not in every verse. And so there would be amazing machinations to try to make Jesus work. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to try to be Christological. Okay. If every single verse in the Old Testament has Jesus in it, then I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles. Okay. is where I am. Note that the acts of Asa, first and last, are indeed written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Well, it's talking, of course, about the king of Israel and the world, Jesus, right there. That's exactly right. That's what I would say. (laughs) Well, if you're Christological, you would. Luke 24, remember, Jesus didn't say, you can find me in every verse. 
He said that he was revealed in every book. How do we know where he is? If the New Testament says that back there was a picture of Jesus, you know that's a picture. Hermeneutics is important. And so the grammatical historical interpreted method is the one that we've been really using, evolving a little bit slowly, but nevertheless, since the time of the Reformers, where we understand the grammar, we understand the history, we understand the form of literature, and we read it to get it. We don't read it literally every single verse because some of it is poetry or proverb or exaggeration, etc. But we read it as the language demands. And I think that if you're going to be consistent with how you deal with Old Testament prophecies about Israel, to say that they've been replaced by the church, um, that's a pretty tall hermeneutical order. Because at some point, you're going to have to make those Old Testament verses about future promises for Israel that clearly have not been fulfilled as being spiritual or allegorical, which means that you have more, at least in part, an allegorical approach as opposed to a consistent grammatical historical approach. Back to our definitions. Second coming, the events that take place around the return of Jesus to the earth. Rapture, tribulation, we hear about the Antichrist, the abomination of desecration. This is also a debated area. Is Jesus coming back once, twice, halfway in the sky to meet those who are raptured? Is he going to just come once and judge the earth? Is he going to actually reign here? Post-millennialism says that the second coming occurs after the millennium. So the thousand years, if you take that literally, the thousand years, you would say when it's all done, Jesus is coming back. Premillennialism says the second coming occurs before the millennium. And this is where you probably have understood a lot of your eschatology, courtesy of Jim Jenkins and Terry LaHaye. No, Terry LaHaye, Jim Jenkins. Terry Jenkins and Tim, Jim Tim, La- Tim LaHaye. Tim LaHaye. Yeah. That's it right there. It's Dallas. That's the sun, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what dad thinks about that. At any rate, you probably saw that, that, that there was some sort of a rapture that people disappeared. Well, I, I can't get around 1 Thessalonians 4. Amillennialism is the belief that the millennium is not an actual time period, but rather scripture's descriptions of that time period should be interpreted as being fulfilled in this age, often spiritually. There's no millennium. The kingdom of God is on earth now. Well, then. That's interesting. If you believe the kingdom of God is on earth now, our attitude toward governments is going to be different than if you believe in premillennialism and if you believe in postmillennialism. And that is why I do think if my inklings, and I'll try to figure out a descriptor for what those are, just seeing how people are talking about our nation How we respond as times grow darker will probably rely at least in part, if not fully, on your eschatology. So we'll continue studying it next on Wretched Radio. 
200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever wanted to break bread with Todd? If so, you probably shouldn't. The guy chews with his mouth open. But let me tell you about our newest production here at Wretched. It's called Breaking Bread, and Todd sits down with a special guest each quarter to discuss pertinent issues Christians are facing. Guests like Phil Johnson, Daryl Harrison, Steve Lawson, Justin Peters, Ray Comfort, Tim Challies, and others. Those guys were selfless, and they sacrificed themselves for you. They sat down and broke bread with Todd, so you don't have to. You'll be able to view a brand new Breaking Bread each quarter, totally free on the Wretched YouTube channel. Hear topics like racism, aging and dying well, shepherding a child's heart, the fear of evangelism, how not to be a discernment jerk, and more were all discussed on Breaking Bread, which is another production made possible by our gospel partners. To learn more about becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner, just visit wretched.org slash donate. And to learn more about Breaking Bread, visit wretched.org slash breaking bread. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about 12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. Know your church fathers. Cyprian was a 3rd century theologian from Carthage, North Africa, where he served as bishop until he was beheaded under Emperor Valerian. Cyprian authored a book called On the Unity of the Church, stressing the unity of the universal church as well as the importance and authority of the local church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. No, I don't think you're a lunatic if you are not premillennial. Not not that Post Mills and A-Mills are listening at this point. Anyway, this is Wretched Radio. Eschatology, tricky business, but it is going to become increasingly practical, in my opinion. What is our job here? What is our role here? Is it to 
Make sure that every realm of our society, whether it's education, arts, entertainment, politics, financial, that that it is under the rule of God. And now even understanding that has implications because, of course, it's under the rule of God. But is that how God is ruling this kingdom? And is it the job of the Christian to try to invade those dominions to have a mountain of dominion because everything needs to be under direct rule of God. This is, this is going to become more of a debate than I think any of us ever anticipated. And let's remember this, please, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, if you have not studied eschatology enough to know that it's tricky, then you probably need to study it some more. Do I think my position is right? Well, of course I do, or I wouldn't hold it. But does that mean that I think you're a a, a complete knucklehead for disagreeing? No, I, I don't. I'll vie for my position. I will try to make the case for my eschatology. But wow, I'm 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 not gonna think nasty things about you if you don't agree. And I think we would all do well to arrive at that destination because pretty soon we're going to need to apply that. Let's get back, courtesy of Cripplegate, to our study on eschatology. Just have an understanding. This is, this is less of a, a demand that you become a premillennialist, more of a just, well, here's how all of the positions work. And then I'll demand you become a premillennialist. The word tribulation, what is it? The final period of this age before the kingdom. It is a period marked by the wrath of the Antichrist poured out into the world. So tribulation, hard times, as well as by the wrath of God seen through the breaking of the seals, the trumpets, the bowls described in Revelation. Daniel 9 describes the tribulation as a period lasting seven years. Now, I think it means seven years. <laughs> Somebody could say, no, it's symbolic. It's a, it's a perfect period of time. Okay, I disagree. You're, you're not a kook. And I hope you don't think I am either. Well, at least not for this. The tribulation in Daniel 9, lasting seven years, Jesus describes it as a time of great suffering, unlike anything that has happened from the beginning of the world. So if you think that progressives are driving you nutty now, (laughs) it's a warm-up act. The Antichrist, the religious world leader who is opposed to the gospel, while claiming to be here in Christ's name. So it's going to come out of the church. Historically, you do need to know our ancestors were unanimous in their their belief, okay, not everybody, but mostly, and certainly all of the reformers thought it's the office of the papacy. See, it's in the church, a- acting as Christ's vicar on earth. And especially during the time of the reformers, they were seeing the injustices, the cruelties, the promiscuity, the debauchery of what was happening from Vatican City. And they said, that that's it right there, because it's inside of the church while leaving room for a final Antichrist to come during the tribulation and lead the final assault on Israel. That's another big issue for eschatology. Israel, what do we do with Israel? How do we think about Israel? How do I pray for it? Do I need to pray for Israel? 
does God really have a plan for them? And I think the answer is, yeah, and it's inescapable. You have to change your hermeneutic in the Old Testament to an allegorical approach to say, or a spiritualized approach to say that there aren't future plans for Israel. Furthermore, when you read Romans 9, 10, 11, yikes, it sure does seem Israel has got a very clear role to play. And when you read Revelation, the the Jewish people and that particular zip code are clearly in view. The abomination of desolation, that's Daniel 9, where the Antichrist reveals himself in the middle of the seven-year tribulation. Then, of course, you've got yourself... The rapture, the physical removal of the church from the earth. The event closes out the church age. Now, remember, the church age, dare I say dispensation, but that doesn't mean the church has replaced Israel because God does indeed turn his attention not just to the world, but in particular to Israel. Post-tribulation is the belief that the rapture happens after the tribulation. The church is raptured and then returns to the earth immediately to reign with the Lord in the kingdom. There are good people who hold that wrong view. Pre-wrath, the view that the rapture happens sometime during the second half of tribulation. Stressing the first part of the tribulation is the Antichrist's wrath on the world, while the second part is God's wrath. And then you've got yourself pre-tribulation. This requires that the rapture will occur before the seven-year tribulation. The church is removed from the earth for seven years, then returns with the Lord at the end of the tribulation. I'm not sure how deep the implications of that disagreement are on that particular aspect, but it is a big deal when it comes to subject of the kingdom. What did Jesus pray? Thy kingdom come. What does that mean? Well, it's got to ask the question, what's the kingdom of God? This is a biggie. You're either a one kingdom or a two kingdom person, and it has very big implications for how you think about the country that you live in currently. The kingdom starts when? When did did the kingdom become a discussion point? Then the answer is in the Old Testament. Not just Jesus talking a lot about the kingdom, especially in the Gospel of Matthew, but the covenant that God made with David, 2 Samuel 7. When you, David, your days are fulfilled and you lie down, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. Oh, so this goes back to the Old Testament. It's an unconditional covenant with David that his dynasty, starting with Solomon, would establish a ruling kingdom that lasts forever. And Jesus, the king, is in the line of David, and he shall reign forever and ever. That was even horrible for my ears. The kingdom was a visible earthly kingdom clinging to the promise, which is restated dozens of times in the Old Testament, that in royal David's city, the son of David would be born. And sure enough, he was, but not as the military leader. This was going to be a spiritual kingdom that he initiated. Fast forward to Palm Sunday. Jesus arrived on a donkey. Hosanna to the son of David. They thought the Romans' days are numbered. He's going to take over. The forever kingdom is about to be reinstated. But then Jesus died. Uh Uh-oh. Yes, he rose again. But the disciples were even confused. So when they had come together, Acts chapter 1, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? 
there's talk about the kingdom of Israel in the New Testament. Said it's not your business. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria. You're going to be my witnesses. Acts chapter 8 describes the people that get scattered. What did they do? They preached the word. That's our calling. So there's four major views of the kingdom. One, theocratic government. It's a physical kingdom that must be set up by us, making the whole world Christian and establishing a government that is based on God's law before Jesus will return. So we've got work to do to initiate his second coming. The proponents would say politics is the way to get that done. It's an optimistic worldview. Hey, we can make things better. And it is an optimistic worldview. I, I get that. But you could also argue optimism from any of these positions, frankly. Some would say purely spiritual kingdom. Its kingdom is a synonym for salvation. The promises of David, forever kingdom in the Old Testament, actually refer to a spiritual kingdom, not a physical kingdom. And people get that from Colossians 1.13. You need to figure out which one you think this kingdom is. What we're, what we're supposed to be spending our energies on. We And I would encourage you to get the entire tenor of the New Testament to, to see that, that he is indeed building his church, which is a spiritual kingdom, and which is why he said, my kingdom is not of this world. Then you've got the final coming of Jesus Christ. Kingdom come refers to God bringing history to a close, ushering in the eternal state. So those are all of the words. That's all, that's all the lingo. How do you get it all figured out? I think it's time to dive into eschatology. And so we're going to continue to do that without it becoming a drubbing freel. It's too late for that. So that we can all be thinking rightly about Israel, Jesus' return, the rapture, and the kingdom. Because we're going to need it. This is Wretched Radio. This is Ratchet Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's Department of Business and Professional Regulation, the DBPR, served a complaint last week against a Miami bar after it put on a sexually explicit drag show in front of children. Earlier in July, the governor was tagged in a tweet of a video that showed a drag queen topless and exposed while leading a girl under the age of five around the bar. DeSantis shared that when it was learned that these drag shows catered to children, his DBPR office filed the complaint that could revoke the bar's liquor license, which would put them out of business, essentially. And we can only hope, and we can also only hope, that they track down the parents of that five-year-old girl who was being led around the bar. Well, in the evil, hateful, and non-caring way that it operates, the Biden administration has threatened to pull lunch money from a Christian school in Tampa over its biblical stance on marriage and sexuality. Students of the school have been receiving free meals through the federal national school lunch program, but now Florida Commissioner Nikki Freed has told the school that it must believe what Joe Biden believes about marriage, sexual orientation, and gender, and not the Bible. And if it doesn't comply, well, then the kids at the school can just starve for all they care. Okay, so they didn't use those exact words 
but pretty close. Now get ready to hear the 10 most absurd seconds you've likely ever heard, but be warned, you're never going to get these 10 seconds back. The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens. It starts with you. I mean, your patriots. And that was, well, I think this will explain it rather well. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Why am I in cuffs? Someone has been caused, obviously, anxiety based upon your social media sites. Okay, take that back. This might actually be the most absurd thing you've ever heard. So the backstory is police in the UK sent five officers to arrest a man for posting the LGBT flag in a swastika on social media. Obviously, anything with a swastika is in bad taste and detestable, but as you heard, the man was being arrested because his post caused someone anxiety. And apparently that's against the law in the UK. But that was last week. This week, it might be changing. Yesterday, Stephen Watson, who is the chief con of Greater Manchester said police have been prioritizing trivial spats online at the expense of handling real crime. He said, quote, we've gotten involved in stuff which is not policing matters. We've wasted our time and as a result, we've caused people to question whether we actually know what we're doing. And based on the audio we just heard, that's an understatement. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> Books of the Bible. The book of Isaiah is a collection of prophecies given to Isaiah. It can be divided in two parts. Isaiah delivered bad news to Israel and the surrounding nations concerning God's judgment, and he delivered good news of salvation for those who repent. Isaiah also offers detailed prophecies concerning the coming Messiah who offers eternal salvation. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You're gonna think we're making this up. You be the judge. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order in the court. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to play one of America's vastest growing game sensations. It's called... Did we have a meeting on this? <laughs> true or false? That's what we're calling it. True. I've spent a lot of time working through this. True or false? Jimmy, I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers a number of articles from the world. And you need to tell me if they are true or false. Are you prepared to play federal head? I am. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> If it still bugs you that Adam is your federal head (laughs) and he biffed it, which means you've biffed it in him. Remember who assigned him as your federal head? God. Mm -hmm. When we when we look back at Adam and it's like, man, he did such a rotten job representing me. Hold it. He's the he was the best. Adam was your best shot at, at, at not sinning. But he failed. He was God's representative. By the way, God didn't fail. The representative failed. And you and I failed in him. And we would do well to perhaps not be so about the assignment of Adam as our federal head. But now Jimmy is Adam. Wait a second. I don't think that's (laughs) that's exactly what I meant to say. True or false, Jimmy? True. Oh, oh, I'm I'm, sorry. I don't think. Well, I'm afraid you're right. (laughs) Okay. Are you? I don't know. Do you have the? Would would you have? Are you a prophet? 
because the story is true. Part time. A taste for cannibalism? Question mark. Yeah, that's true. It is true. It's the New York Times. So, of course, it's (laughs) true. Now, does this article tout cannibalism? No, it doesn't praise it, but it doesn't critique it ever. And it describes a proliferation of cannibalistic presentations, whether it's in literature or in movies or in these Netflix things or whoever's making these things. There's a whole lot of cannibalism going on. Since when... Do we make light of a subject like that? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Humans are just not that tasty. Why are they making movies about this thing? There was a novel called A Certain Hunger about a restaurant critic with a taste for human flesh. Ugh. Ugh. There's Yellow Jackets, a Showtime series about a high school women's soccer team stranded in the woods. For a few months too many. You know that old story because it's so hard to find people these days. The film Fresh, released on Hulu, involves an underground human meat trade for the rich. Did you know all these shows were going on? I did not. Lapvana, which is Otessa Mosfeg's novel published in June, portrays cannibalism in a medieval village overcome by plague and drought. Hold on. Augustina Baztarica's book, Tender is the Flesh, released in English in 2020, Spanish in 2017, imagines a future society that farms humans like cattle. Again, at some point, you would expect the guy who gave this litany of cannibalistic literature to go, ew, nothing, nothing. Then nobody said that's just something we don't do. Honestly. Also out in 2017, Raw, a film by the director and screenwriter Julia DeCarnow. These all seem like Eastern European names to me. Tells the story of a vegetarian veterinary student whose taste for meat escalates after consuming raw offal, O-F-F-A-L, not A-W-F-U-L, which is what human flesh (laughs) should taste like. Still... To come is Bones and All, starring Timothy Chalamet. I don't know. The movie about a young love that becomes a lust for human consumption is expected to be released later this year or early next. The director called it extremely romantic. (laughs) I'd like a table set for two, but not for long. Jimmy, pass the femur. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know why they're... No, 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 Bill's femur. Not Larry's, <laughs> Bill's femur. Bill was cleaner. Ay-ay-ay-ay-ay. <laughs> and where is the, the denouncing of this? No, no, it's done for ratings because people are watching it. You and I cannot begin to imagine what a total devolution of society looks like, but we're starting to get the picture, aren't we? Well, there are a bunch of food shortages right now. That's true. Supply lines could justify <laughs> That's right. eating your neighbors, a neighbor. <laughs> Oof. Crank up the grill. Oof. I mean, it just, it, it, why? Okay, here's a question. We don't, most of us, don't have much compunction eating cows. Even I don't have that compunction. Jimmy, did I tell you I'm eating steak? <laughs> you are right now? I'm Not at the moment, <laughs> but I am now. And my iron's going up. Ah, yeah. It appears to be working when you consume blood 
cow. And wow, is it tasty. What was I thinking for 40 years? I've had so much chicken, I cluck at night. <laughs> I don't snore, I cluck. Taste in the cow, we don't have any problem with that. Typically fish, it's, it, we're carnivores. And yet, well, I guess we're omnivores because we'll eat flesh and vegetables. Right. But we never think we shouldn't think about human consumption. Why? Why? Why Why should that be a naturally ingrained response to the idea of putting something in your belly? And I think the answer is found in Genesis, that we're imago Dei. You don't eat. God didn't put humans here to be consumed. Put humans here to consume. Put humans here to subdue. He put humans here to make this place uh, an organized system. It's funny. We went to a store on Saturday. We had blueberry pancakes with some friends in Noonan, Georgia on Saturday. Not many people can say that. And we stopped at a store and there was an escalator to get to it. And I thought, this is so human. You know, walking upstairs, because I, I, I watched a woman, she, she, she turned the corner and saw that the escalator was broken, the one going up. And she bordered on having a meltdown. Ah, <laughs> she just left. Ah, yeah, she just <laughs> quit. I don't need it that bad. And I thought this is it's so human that we try to remove difficulties and obstacles. And before I became cynical, which is one of my spiritual gifts, I thought, no, but that's good. An escalator is a testimony that human beings are better than all the rest and that we are here to make this place as habitable and as comfortable as we can, of course, without it becoming an idol. That's, that's, that's why we're here. And we're different. He put the animals here for us to barbecue. Not another person. The pilot episode, I'll be done with this soon. The pilot episode of Yellow Jacket shows a teenage girl getting trapped, bled out like a deer, and served on a platter. Bloodthirsty fans continue to dissect that scene in Reddit, where a subreddit message board dedicated to the series has more than 51,000 members. Uh oh, six pages. This article goes on for six pages. Hmm. No critique about cannibalism. Amazing story number two. True or false? Jimmy, are you ready? I'm ready. American men are signing up to get more vasectomies than ever from the Roe v. Wade decision because they were using abortion. How ridiculous is this? As a birth control form. <laughs> true or false? That's true. Unfortunately, it is. Online queries such as how much is a vasectomy and is it reversible exploded after the Supreme Court decision was leaked. And all throughout this Guardian article, it is clear People have been using abortion as birth control, which we always knew, but it's like they're just saying it. Wait a second. I'm not going to think about my procreative activities. No, 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 no. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to do that in a context that doesn't put me in perceived hot water. No, they don't think like that. They think, how do I get rid of the consequence of what I did, which is what the procreative act is for? And everybody acts like, what's well, unexpected premise? Well, if you if it, you didn't want to get pregnant, well, then you don't do the thing that gets you pregnant. I think that's pretty simple. Nothing like that revealed here. Urologists say more men are taking charge 
of their reproductive health. Okay, that's what that is. That, that is a form of birth control. But throughout this article, you see that there was this fellow, um, this fellow doctor, somebody says his calendar has been filling up with men coming from outside of the state. I have some patients express concerns. They live part-time in a state where they may have difficulty accessing abortion services or their partners may have difficulty. And the certainty has contributed to the complex decisions that men and their partners made about contraception. <sighs> to those people who said, oh, you Christians, that's not what abortion is about. It's about a woman's right to choose. Well, it sure does appear that it is all about being used as contraception. This is Wretched Radio. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. But what do you know about Wretched TV? Hmm? Well, let me give you some facts. Wretched TV is daily. Wretched TV is 30 minutes. And Wretched TV can be found on 135 Christian TV networks. Wretched TV is also hosted by Todd. Wretched TV is also available on Roku, Amazon Prime, and Truly. If you haven't seen Wretched TV yet, it's certainly not because you lack the opportunity, because it's everywhere. Check it out today at all of the places I just mentioned or also wretched.org slash TV. And while you're at wretched.org, click the donate page and take a look at how you might become a monthly Wretched Gospel Partner. Neither Wretched Radio nor Wretched TV are possible without the support of our Gospel Partners. Wretched.org slash donate or you can also text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash wretched affordable biblical health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills, which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for bad stuff. Second of all, you can save on average $500 per month. And finally, MediShare, it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years. It works and the members, including myself and Mrs. Friel, love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched.
Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is narrative. Narratives tell us of real events with real people in real places at a real time. Not everything we read in narratives is condoned by God, but everything we read is part of God working out His plan for the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You uh, still have the strength for this, Jimmy? <laughs> this is Wretched Radio. No, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> True or false is the name of the game show. I read the headline, Jimmy, your federal head determines, or at least guesses, is it true or false? Are you ready, sir? I think so. Wow. <laughs> the energy and enthusiasm. Still, okay, I think I've shared this before, and I, I really should get him in here. You know what we should do? Okay, Jimmy, this is going to be a complete mess. Okay. Can you somehow yell down the hall for Sebastian? Yeah. Okay, so Sebastian, he is he's the guy who, who leads Wretched Production. And so sometimes he'll shoot... He does editing, helping with the distribution, captioning. He just makes sure that everything is functioning correctly in what we call the wretched silo. Got the transform silo. You got the road trip silo. You got the wretched silo. And he he will join us on the floor to sometimes shoot. And you can tell that he used to be, well, he still is, I guess, a, a PK or at least a missionary kid. Because I inevitably, when we go to the floor, I'll say something like, all right, who's ready to make some TV? And Sebastian responds like the youth pastor's kid in youth group, totally feigning enthusiasm, totally. There he is. Get in here quickly. Okay, here we go. He doesn't know anything about this. Todd, we could tell. All right. We're just going to pretend that we're at the at the floor at the show floor. So we got to get close to this microphone together. Okay. All right. Okay. So just whatever comes natural to you, Sebastian. Who wants to make TV? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is so forced. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian, how many times did you have to say that growing up? Too many times. All righty then, Jimmy, if you could, f- you ready to make some game show federal head representation? Let's do it. All righty, here we go. The World <laughs> Economic Forum urges public to eliminate ownership of private vehicles. True or false? True. You're correct. Okay. Globalists recommending the public go from owning to using. Hey, well, at least they're starting to use Marxist language clearly. Implementing implementing vehicle sharing initiatives to decrease mass reliance on critical metals. One of the books that has been awful for our civilization is the Communist Manifesto. You would be hard-pressed to find... You can debate these things. We actually, we're, we're going to be releasing a video on this on social media. We, we came up with our own list of 10 really terrible books. And I'll tell you, I I debated. So we ended up doing it in chronological order because, you know, how do you determine which stinker is smellier than the other one? But the Communist Manifesto, along with Darwin's Descent of Man, Origin of Species, one was 1859, the other one, I believe, 1871. 
totally racist. I mean, wow, when you read Dissent a Man, woo, is it racist? Why don't we cancel him? Oh, yeah, because we use him to suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Those two books, the impact that they've had, you, you can toss in a bunch of other books, The Feminine Mystique. You, you could toss in the Kinsey reports, but I got to tell you, between the Communist Manifesto and Darwin's work, pernicious. Story number whatever we're on. You ready, Jimmy? I am. True or false? Oh, this is so cool. The government could be forcing your daughter to have a man as a roommate. That's right. Little did you know, because they don't tell you, your daughter might be actually bunking with a fellow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is true. Biden administration, schools could force biological female students to live with biological men who identify as women. The Department of Education has prepared a new Title IX rule that demands that colleges treat students in line with their gender identity, not their biological sex. Once again, what's bad for women and children? Progressivism. Any school that dares to put facts over feelings will be investigated. This is how they go about the business of making it very difficult to survive as a Christian institution. What was the name? There, uh, Inu- Inuit or Inuit, whatever, a small Canadian town. I think we talked about this yesterday, that because of the mass graves somehow connected to the Catholic Church, all churches, you got to pay taxes now. No more tax breaks. Okay, here's another way of doing it. You don't align with the government's values on gender issues, and we're going to investigate you. We're going to pull funding. Seriously, I know this is not an overnight sort of deal, but I think every church and every Christian institution should at least start thinking about how they can pay taxes when when the government decides, now we're going to act like that small Canadian town and we're going to pull the funding. There's mechanisms that they can do that, and this is one that you're hearing. You'll be investigated courtesy of Title IX and lose federal funding. Any student who dared object to living with someone of the opposite sex could be slapped with a Title IX complaint as well. Be prepared, because if this here's 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 another group of people that needs to be prepared. Right now, when you give to a registered charitable organization, it's a tax deduction, including your church. Let's just say you don't get one in the future. That's that's not unimaginable, is it? You should be prepared for giving. I think we all need to be start thinking about the economics of where this could potentially go, and it appears to be going. It would be hard to conceive of a more efficient way to make college women less safe than by potentially forcing some of them to sleep a few feet away from biological men behind closed doors without their knowledge or consent. Every feminist should be up in arms to stop this insanity from happening. Yep, they should. But they're not. Why? Because you don't fight with people on the same team, silly rabbit. Jimmy, headline, true or false, man identifies as a water buffalo. True or false, man (laughs) identifies as a water buffalo. I want to say true, but I'm not sure it's gone that far. False. (laughs) Yes, it has. It's true. People identify as everything. The cat thing. A water buffalo, though? The cat thing. Jimmy, 
there's kids going to school that are acting like cats. Yeah, you're right about that. And it's it's just it's okay, Jimmy. I don't just momentarily I identify as a cat and you're going to identify as a teacher. So would you please begin the class and I I will sit feline style waiting for you to go. So go ahead, start the class. <laughs> Welcome class. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> you have a hairball? <laughs> Whatever sound they make. <laughs> that's what bring, they're doing. Did you bring your litter box? They hiss that that's what they want. I'm telling you, I know a public school teacher. They've got kids who think they're cats, and the parents call up asking for litter boxes. So that one was false. But it's not impossible to imagine. <laughs> now, this one's a little bit different. This, this might be a little bit tricky. True or false? Instagram is being sued by parents for daughter's anorexia and suicide attempts. True it, or false? I believe that. That's true. That's got to be It is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does seem like it. Two teens, they started using Instagram and they just they just started just peeling weight off because of the pictures and being encouraged, "Hey, you're doing the right thing." That's going on with gender issues, it's going with on with body image issues. We get we parents. I do not envy you. I don't. I really don't. But if your kid has an Instagram account, they are exposed. TikTok, same thing. Any social media, they go to you. You just don't imagine the places that they frequent, and the messages that they are hearing. And the, one of the loudest messages that they hear is, "Your parents are idiots. Get rid of those parents. Do your own thing." So these girls ended up getting very sick. They didn't die yet. Hopefully they don't. But the parents are suing Instagram. Jimmy, true or false? Ready? I'm ready. A stunning number of self-identified Christians don't believe the Bible. True or false? (laughs) That's true. Shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't be. that's what it means to be a Christian. But I know a lot of them. Gallup, 1,000 evangelicals, 20% of all American adults, Christian or not, believe the Bible is the literal word of God. That's a historic low. Only a staggering 40% of evangelicals and born-again Christians believe that the Bible is the actual word of God. What do they think it is? A play? They think it's Shakespeare? By the way, (laughs) how does that thing go? Um, oh, I don't even remember. Thus, I've come to make her know her keeper's call that bait and beat and will not be obe- obedient. She eat no meat today, nor none shall eat. Last night she slept not, as tonight she will not. As with the bed, some no, as with the bed, some undeserved fault. No, as with the something like that from the taming of the shrew. It's not Shakespeare. It's not a play. It's not a drama. It's God's word. of Americans, 51% of self-identified Christians believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. Well, that's getting a a little better. Sadly, tragically, that's true. We're living in a post-Christian world. That's true. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.